everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. Uh, I know that uh, I also need a t-shirt, t-shirt, t-shirt. T-shirt, t-shirt, t-shirt? Yeah, you know, just like Homer. I don't think... Okay. We are joined, as well, by Andrew, Andrew Bloom of the andrewblog.net. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing well, Robbie, and thank you for having me back, despite the war crimes I committed in the great t-shirt battle of 86. 86? Well, weren't you, like, a, how a toddler old, in 86? Yeah. How old are you? How old are you? Time is a flat circle, gentlemen. <laughs> I understand that now that I live in Austin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's hard to escape Matthew McConaughey in the, the greater Austin area. He's always going like, all right, all right, all right. Let's go look at bats. <laughs> that's an, that's an awesome. That's one of the Austin things that I know I can just pull from. There's bats here. Everyone loves bats. Uh, hi, guys. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpson Show. For only $2 a month, you gain access to all of our bonus content, including new episode reviews, bonus monthly bonus episodes, and other stuff. Encourage you to check it out. Appreciate everyone who supports us. This week's episode is... Alone Again, Natura Diddly, episode B-A-B-F-11, originally aired February 13th, 2000, written by Ian Maxstone Graham, as the episode so kindly reminds us. Well, I'm pretty sure everyone who was on the message boards really didn't like him, and he was not a fan of the fans on the message boards, so this is him just poking them a little bit. Uh, well, we're going to talk about the message board as well. This episode is directed by Jim Reardon, who is a veteran, a, a veteran Simpsons director. The chalkboard gag. My suspension was not "quote unquote" mutual, which is a good. That's a solid chalkboard gag, I will say. Uh huh. Um, couch gag. The Simpsons coming on bumper cars. Homer is then pinned to the wall and slammed repeatedly. So it's, I think it's important to note here that this completely contradicts Marge's well-established history of not liking to bump in bumper cars. She just wants to drive. You know. It's true. Scoot around. You don't. You don't have to bump. I don't know if you guys knew that. I did actually. <laughs> I don't actually ever drive, and I don't like bumper cars either. I'm. I share. I share th- that same feeling with Marge. You share Marge's aversion to being bumped. Now that my neck hurts more and more, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I get that. And my back, my back and my neck are held together with duct tape and fishing wire. I don't need any extra bumping. Don't they reference Marge's neck pain in some episodes? So maybe there's a connection there. Maybe you've got a, a kindred spirit thing going on, Robbie. I mean, Marge is my mom, so it makes sense. She passed on her neck pain That's, down to me. Exactly. And Marge has neck pain. She has foot pain. She has all kinds of pain that never seem to get addressed. I mean, I, I think that's just an age. Like, once you get your 30s, you, your body just starts falling you, apart. Your body starts falling apart. That checks out. Yep. Uh, this episode finished seventeenth in the ratings in the for the week with a Nielsen rating of ten point seven with approximately ten point eight million viewing households. It was the highest rated show on Fox that week. I think because there was advanced promotion of this that someone will die, someone who will totally be relevant to the plot. Part of the main cast for sure. They'll never just kill off a side character who's only had four lines in the last six years. And what's more, they would never try to pull this stunt again. It's just, <laughs> oh, you couldn't do it. Or again, or again, or again. Uh, this episode guest star Sean Colvin as Rachel Jordan. 
she comes back later on. Reoccurring is a reoccurring guest character, only appearing in terrible episodes. It really <laughs> does seem like that. I mean, this is sadly the best episode she appears in. Wait, she's only in two episodes, right? Is there a third that I'm forgetting? Um, I no, I think there are only two. They're both terrible. <laughs> okay, well, it's, we don't have a big sample size here. Shouldn't shouldn't tar the poor girl with two hey, two episode sample size. Sean, Sean Colvin is great. I have no problem with Sean Colvin. I am going to say that she has the misfortune of being written into two terrible Ned Flanders episodes. And I'm going to say that here. I'm going to use that word. I, I'm going to start my fight right here where we haven't even gotten to the episode yet, really. And I'm already starting my fight because I, I thought last week's episode was terrible and I have for a very long time and it's infamously terrible. Uh, right. this, this episode is infamous in a different way because it kills Mon Flanders. But the more I thought about this episode, the more angry I got. Wow. Really? As, as I've been watching, I watched it and I wrote, and I did all the prep, and I was just walking around my house today, and I'm just, it, I'm like, oh, I'm going to eat lunch. And then I it, I just start thinking about this episode, and I go, ugh, ugh, it's just making me upset. It's frustrating and angry. I just, I just was, like, stewing, which I did not do last week. I wasn't stewing about that. Sorry. This is, I don't know. I Andrew? Robbie? You used the word gem in your review. I used the word minor gem. Let, let's be clear here. <laughs> and also, I'm pretty sure, uh, in Andrew's defense, that is in relation to the rest of season 11. I think that's right. In, in context. I, I I mean, presumably, I don't want to intrude on where this goes on you guys' list, but I think at least Matt and I will come to a rough consensus that this is probably below the best of the classic years, but also stands out as having a lot of charm relative to what's around it. Um, see, I even disagree on that. I think, like, I don't, I don't know. Well, okay, so, let's start off, uh, get into the episode. It begins with the Simpsons going on a nature walk. They're in a park, uh, uh, out in wilderness somewhere, which is very cogent to the plot. Totally. There, it needed to start this way. With them taking something from Lisa. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. They're in, a, they're in a park. They're walking around. Lisa's having fun because they're going for a walk in a park and she likes nature. The rest of the family, I don't think they're happy. Homer is un- upset he can't crap in the woods. I don't. Well, I mean, you're in the woods and you have to crap. Uh, having to clean it up would be a, a bit of a. Uh, Won't you just you know... dig a hole and bury it? No, no, no. Lisa said everything you pack in, you pack out. I don't think they mean the poop. Whatever. Uh, also, Homer is basically a dog, and so you need to clean his leavings whenever you take him out. It's true. It's just it's just a, a completely transmission mechanism for uh, you know terrible viruses and bacteria. Oh god. So there's a we get uh, some solid jokes about how uh, bears also clean up their own poop with bags. Um, then they hear a noise, and that noise is not animals. It's a racetrack. So they have some jokes about how cartoon animals are real and are what, beavers building dams with tires. Uh, animals can adapt to anything. That's why so many of them are still alive and we're not killing off hundreds of species thanks to climate change. Was that – do you need to 
you're making me a little uh, making me more upset, Matt. Is that your intention? <laughs> well, I mean, that's my goal forever. Okay, <laughs> that's, good. Uh, that's every episode's goal, really. <laughs> also good. Very good. <laughs> well, as long as you're clear. Uh, yeah, we get oh, a joke about that was that was another one. chameleon blurring into an oil can and then a snake eating it. So good. The animal vi- animal and animal violence is always great. Um, but then they they decide, oh, let's take this thing away from Lisa. Let's go watch racing. Uh, which is not not actual NASCAR racing. It is fast car racing. Of course. I mean, the fast car, that perfectly describes it. What else would you need? Sponsored by Mapple. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Mapple, Mapple would not get one inch close. Well, not even like get even tangentially close to racing cars. Not even F1, which is like the rich people racing cars. Um. But they they meet they meet Clay Babcock, who cr- crashes his car into their picnic. Sorry to break up your picnic, folks. I'm two-time fast car champ Clay Babcock. You're on fire! Yeah, I have won a lot of races, but it's all thanks to my crew, really. There <laughs> uh, it is. Mr. Babcock, can I take a ride in your car? Well, my A car was just incinerated, but uh, you could ride in my B car. I don't see why not. Bart, these are the time trials that determine the pole position. Shouldn't you be keeping your hands on the wheel? Oh, sure, if you want to drive the traditional way. (laughs) Sorry. Boy, these cars are surprisingly roomy. Yeah, we like to bring our families along on the longer races. I get tired, I let my wife drive. She's good. Get your feet off the upholstery. (sighs) Folks, I got some spare tickets if you'd like to stick around for the race. That's very sweet, but we have a full day of hiking planned. We can hike anytime. This is our chance to see cars driving. It is, guys. It's our chance to see cars driving. That's something you don't see every day. That's the one line in this opening act that I actually really like. It feels like a one of those quick, erudite, pointed bits about sports that the show used to do. Amid what is otherwise just an almost laughless seven minutes where they're riffing toothlessly on racing stuff to no avail yeah these jokes about racing just are not funny it's like people who watch nascar are generally not simpsons fans and people who are not nascar fans probably don't find these jokes funny guys you keep using the word jokes you sure that's what you mean (laughs) okay a joke attempts it's like attempted murder but attempted joke no one gets a nobel prize for attempted comedy no one gets a Nobel Prize for comedy. Period. <laughs> it's yeah. It's this is this this just act is painful. It's all I they apparently they wanted to get real NASCAR drivers in this, but the real they NASCAR hell no. The real NASCAR drivers went. What are you? What's like? What is it going to be? They're like, oh, we're going to have just jokes about car crashes and and people being on fire. Oh, nothing. No commentary on actual anything of substance or actual jokes oh okay no thank you you can make up your fake nascar analog um which is what they do this is not very good uh, uh again i got i need to repeat that they take away the fun the lisa th- the, for no reason like there's no reason it honestly there's no reason for any of this it doesn't me it there's no purpose for any of the nascar stuff racing stuff it's not I don't know. Do they have a roulette wheel 
Do they have just a roulette wheel in like season 10, 11, the Scully years where they're like, okay, so here's the actual thing we want to end the first act on is Maud dying. How do we get there? And they just spin the wheel and it just lands on NASCAR. <laughs> you know, you're making a joke out of this, but I'm pretty sure they at least have a whiteboard somewhere with stupid ideas and like, all right, we'll connect this stupid intro to this plot point. How do we get there, guys? And everyone takes five minutes. It also wouldn't shock me. I don't know this for sure. I have no actual basis for this. If the folks at Fox weren't like, hey, we air NASCAR. Why don't you guys do some jokes about NASCAR and we can cross promote for that sweet, sweet corporate synergy? I would, th- I would think they would actually Fox would have bullied them into having actual NASCAR drivers then. Well, they would have bullied or, bullied or bullied NASCAR into. I, I'm fairly certain that later on they get Jimmy Johnson or Jeff Gordon actually on the show at some point. Um, Definitely get Jeff Gordon at some point. It's really interesting to see how far NASCAR has fallen in the intervening 20 years or 18, 18 years. Um, I'm sure we were in the 2000s by now. We are in the 2000s by now. Um, so this – we see Andy Clay, – Clay Babcock, excuse me, his name, Clay Babcock. He's – they're driving around and they're making jokes about NASCARs. Uh, they, people like crashes. Uh, there's a pit crew joke. Homer dri- Homer has his car even though they're on a nature walk. He has a car uh, – he drives through the pit crew and he gets – that's well, the nature walk, they drove to the nature preserve, walked about 50 feet, got to the fast car thing. So Homer ran and got his car, sensing an opportunity. Okay. He's also magically back at the top of the stands in the next scene. Well, yeah. As though nothing happened. Yeah, it doesn't. It, they really, it really is late. It's, this is the thing that this is episode is just, is so, I can't get past. It's just lazy. It's just lazy. There's no segues between anything there's no connecting scenes and i'm not expecting like kubrick or anything but it's literally just them laying out hey we have a joke for this so we have a scene for it and it just piles and this is it it's just like we have like eight car 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 quote-unquote jokes that we have uh let's not try and explain any of it or even care enough to explain any of it or even try we just have things happen. Uh, and in just in that same vein, we get the crowd, which is really, uh, I think, of note is Lenny, the Simpsons, and the Flanders. Because Lenny at one point gets hit with a tire, and everyone boos that he's all right. Well, of course. Uh, obviously, one of the jokes about fast car racing is that everyone's just there for blood. I, I, I... Maybe that's part of the reason. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I assume that Simpsons writers have no idea what racing culture is actually like. But people who go to race car events like really loud, fast cars. Yep. They're not there to see people get in car accidents or to see people in the crowd get hit by tires. They want to drink and listen to extraordinarily loud and fast cars. That's what they want. They don't. They're not. It's not a blood sport. They're not. It's not. They're not going to the gladiatorial arena. I I have been to NASCAR events. It is a bunch of people who just want to drink beer and watch cars go fast. When they did the episode recently where the Simpsons go to New Orleans, you could 100% in your mind picture the writing staff using this as an excuse to go to New Orleans to do quote-unquote research and gather ideas in order to, to come up with that episode. 
I am not convinced, at least based on this episode, that anybody in that writer's room has even seen a race. I, I They assume tires just randomly go into the stands at times. Um, well, when, when the cars explode from barely touching the sides, obviously the parts just fly every direction. Yeah, yes, I don't – it's not necessarily that – Oh no, it's not factually correct. This is this is not acceptable. Well, it's also that they're not funny. They're not funny at right. all. They're not but funny. The, the jokes aren't rooted in anything. That's the problem. Like it, it, it's not that they're doing a disservice to NASCAR. It's that there's not there's no meat to the jokes because it's not based on anything actually connected to what's going on. It's a joke anybody could make and anybody probably shouldn't make, given how how middling the results are at best. So a lot of race car jokes. And then they have people come out with t-shirt cannons. Uh, girls in skippy clothes coming out with t-shirt cannons and yelling at the crowd. Everyone's happy. Um, and this at this point, we're seeing the Simpsons. They're they're having back and forth about racing and Homer wanting a t-shirt. And then Flanders is sitting behind them, which is very important. Uh, the Flanders are sitting right behind them. And... Mod is there. Actually, they they do give a reason. They're all the way up there. Eventually, to get away from the drivers cussing, which makes perfect sense. Like in that, I mean, if you're you're Ned, I guess the cars, the cars are so loud you cannot hear anything. You can't even once again. No one in the riders' room has ever been to an (laughs) NASCAR. The cars are so loud. So. I, I do appreciate them at least taking the time to come up with a reason why the Flanders would be there and be in those specific seats. Like, it's not the best reason in the world, but they took some time to think about oh how to boy. account for this. Oh boy! Oh boy! Um, you know, you're just again. You guys, keep... bare, Robbie, we're not saying this is good. We're saying this is bare minimum level I, of thought. I know, I know. But only I, for part of the episode. I, it's just making me angrier. It's just every time you say anything about the episode, it's go, oh, right, that's what they did. So uh, there's people shooting T-shirt cannons. Homer doesn't get one. Then they tease him or something, and they shoot more of them up there, and they knock off Maud Flanders. I need a shirt! Give me a shirt! Mommy has bosoms like that. Yeah, I wish. Nettie, I've had about all I can take of Homer Simpson's torso. I'll get some hot dogs. No footlongs. I know. They make you uncomfortable. Well, I guess no one else wants a t-shirt. That's a damn lie and you know it. Give me a shirt! You heard him, girls. Hey, t-shirt, t-shirt, t-shirt. A bobby pin. Oh! Maud? Oh my lord, she's dead. <gasps> oh. So Maud's dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was so she even had a bad voice uh, fake. She yeah, that's not it's not the only time you've heard uh Marsha Mitzman Gavin is the name of the, the voice actress who who fills in for uh, Maggie Roswell uh, for a few times this season, and it's always very stark. You're like, oh, that's definitely not Maud's voice. That's not right at all. But no one can tell the diddly inference. Oh, that's And that's really, it is that bad. You're immediately like, oh, this is what The Simpsons would be if all the voice actors quit. (laughs) You'd be like, oh, oh no, that's bad. Um... So it's Maud, gonna happen someday. Brace yourself. Oh no! Uh, I hope I'm. I. I don't. I. I don't think I'll be watching The Simpsons anymore. If that is. If that's a thing that happens. Um. 
I think I'll make a pact right now. The day Dan Castaneda, Dan Castellaneta leaves is the day I leave the Simpsons. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's, that's my final, that's my the baseline, my foundation. So Maud's dead. Like that's, that's it. There's no, like, there's no drama. There's no, Oh, is she going to make it? No, she gets shot with t-shirts, falls off a bandstand and lands on her head as they say later. And she is Ooh, yeah. de- definitely dead right away. She sure is. And this is not a creative decision. This is Maggie Roswell, the voice actress who played Maud in Miss Hoover and uh, Reverend Lovejoy's uh, Helen Lovejoy. Those are the three notables she per- she pl- she performed. Um, she wanted to be paid more per episode, which. I think was reasonable because she lived in Denver and she would fly out to LA to record her lines and the plane tickets got more and more expensive and she got tired of it. She wanted a raise and the raise is not at the time. I believe they just successfully negotiated a pay raise for all the other performers, which, and they were getting paid a lot of money. Yeah. Maggie Roswell was only been paying $2,000 an episode per appearance. Are you kidding me? And she wanted 6,000 per episode. Which would help cover the cost of the tickets, the plane tickets, and give her a little bit of, you know, the same raise, I guess, probably appreciable, not really comparable to the fact, you know, to all the main cast who are getting paid way more money. I think, I believe, six digits at least, maybe even, probably not seven, but six digits, I think, at the time, per episode. And they, Fox offered her a $150 raise, so she said, no, thank you. Uh, it's not worth it. And so they needed the i don't know why there's no episode where helen lovejoy is killed or miss hoover is killed but they just stopped showing up oh yeah they just weren't in the show or they were they just didn't talk um at least until they got maggie roswell back which is has happened maggie roswell has since rejoined the cast uh maude is still decidedly dead and that's just a bit of ghost a couple times and i have to ask the ghost uh maude sounded a lot like maggie roswell do we know if that was her yeah that's her Whenever you hear, oh, I think that was her her first return appearance, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she's a ghost mod. That's it's her again. Um, but that's the reason mods died. It's not there's not they didn't go. You know, it'd be fun. Uh, you know, an interesting episode to tell would be, oh, what if we kill Flanders? What if we kill Mod and Flanders has to face, you know, has to deal with grief and all that stuff. It, that's not no. It went. Oh, we don't have this voice actress anymore. Let's kill her off. Um, with a t-shirt cannon. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any denying that they kill her off in a really stupid way, especially given how much they want to wring out of that for Ned later. It, it's a very cartoony, elaborate, strange, unusual form of ending a character's life that it distracts from what they decide to do in the back half of the episode or the last two acts of the episode. Um, but that that's how the first act ends. Maud's dead. Indeed, Maud is dead and Ned is, is having a little trouble processing it. Well, let's say that. Um, so at the beginning of the next act, uh, we see Homer and Marge getting ready for the funeral. And Homer, for once, has taken the correct message from something and has realized it's very important to tell someone how much you care about them. Uh, unfortunately, he uh, he doesn't really know how to go about that. It's hard to believe we're never going to see Maud again. And poor Ned didn't get a chance to say goodbye. 
Well, from now on, I'm never going to let you leave the room without telling you how much I love you and how truly special. This is really eating up a lot of time. Maybe just a pat on the butt. Yeah, that worked. Yep. So, just so we're clear, whatever Homer pats Marge on the butt, that's what he's saying. That he loves her and how incredibly special she feels she is. It's like uh, Mary Tyler Moore tugging on her ear. Exactly. It's, it's something special that only they will know about. And people will assume bad things because it's Homer, but really, it's love. There is no more earnest expression of love than a, a firm-handed pat on the behind. When it's consensual. Exactly. Robbie, that, that, that's how you and your wife uh, you know, express your love, right? Matt, hmm. you remember that thing I said earlier about you saying things that just make me more angry at this episode? <laughs> Man, I'm good at that, even when I'm not trying. I love I, it. This is, it doesn't take much. I don't know what it is. There's something about this that's just... Oh, oh I don't know. It's... Okay. Uh, 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 Oh, well, anyway, I, it's not moving on. Here, here, on the bus. here, I'll say this. There's plenty of fine moments in this that aren't egregious, you know, egregious, but I, I lose sight of them. They just get washed away like this moment, for, for instance. Just when, OK, well, be, be clear. I don't fair enough. that there's nothing wrong with this per se. If you say so. So, OK. So uh, I'm going to go more into this as I go through the uh, the act, but this is the point where the episode takes a major turn for me. And I think it does for Andrew too. Uh, varying from something that is just dumb as all get out. We can't, we can't deny that. I mean, fast car racing, terrible racing jokes that aren't even the slightest bit funny. And then Maud getting killed by t-shirts. That is just the dumbest thing in the world. But from this point on, the episode takes a turn to, mostly be good mostly okay okay so you, you can have your objections as we go mm -hmm. all right mm -hmm. well, i'd okay. say that despite robbie's gro uh, groanings uh not grainings I, I definitely agree i think that this is where the episode starts to become about something and i know that's a something you guys talk about almost every week like what is this episode about is it trying to be about something and this is where Alone Again, Naturally Italy, stops being a sort of amorphous riff on stupid NASCAR things and stops being a racing cha a ratings chasing stunt and starts actually being about Ned's grief and him recovering from a loss. And that's where I why I think it improves as it goes along. It really does. Um, so we, we'll, we'll definitely get there. Uh, but at this point, uh, we have a nice conversation between Homer and Marge about how Homer can't be a jerk anymore. And if I had more faith in the Simpsons writers, I would think, yes, this is the point where they realized, hey, we've been writing Homer as this terrible person and we're going to make it better. But then I look at the rest of the episodes in this season and I'm like, oh, obviously that's not true. <laughs> Matt, here, and that is a hint of my objections with this episode because they are not taking a look at, oh, we write Homer and he's too mean. No, they're going let's make a joke about how we usually write Homer to mean and then not actually mean any of it. Well, of course not. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, this is the thing that like, Hey, I don't even know if it was self-conscious of them saying that, Hey, we write Homer me, or if it was just a, Hey, Homer realizes he has to not be a jerk to Ned for a little bit because he, he had, he's had grief. You might say that it lacks sincerity. Well, that's what I'm saying is I don't know if this is meant to be a meta comment or if this is just, I'm going to say, Matt, here, me, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it is a joke about how they write Homer, 
and that's all it is. Mm. They're like, they're like, oh, this is an episode where someone died, someone who's a, a technically is important to uh, one of our supporting characters, who the episode is about. When, like Andrew said, it when it is a when it finally gets to be about a thing, it is about Ned and dealing with Maud's death and how he deals with all that and all the grief and bouncing back from it and way too much for the thing they try and fit in. 14 minutes or whatever it is when this plot actually arrives but there's no sincerity to this joke i will say well well that's what i'm saying is i don't know if it's even an even more surface level joke than that they're just like hey homer's usually a jerk and he realizes he has to be nice mm-hmm. but moving on mm-hmm. uh we get to go to uh maude's funeral where there are some gravestones of the characters who have died uh, it- including marvin monroe and grimy go ahead. Uh, i was gonna say andrew did you have something you want to say I just say I, I disagree with that a little bit. I think that it is self-conscious, a recognition of how they write Homer, and I think it is a a recognition of the fact that they needed to tone that down in this particular episode, given the subject matter. And I'm not going to say that Homer is perfect here, or that he is every bit the the characterization that we had in the golden age of the show. But I do think he is at least well-meaning in everything that he does, or almost everything that he does here, even if it's not something that the the writers were able to sustain from uh, from here on through the rest of the series, let alone the rest of the season. Even I'm my I'm I don't I I don't think Homer at any point in this in this episode is not sincere. Homer the character. Homer the character is, in for Homer, is kind and, you know, he's weird kind, but that's Homer. Whenever he tries to be, we've established, whenever Homer tries to be friendly, it's worse. He is, a, he's, it's worse to be Homer's friend, uh, as Grimy would tell you. And as and Ned the, Flanders would tell you. A, yeah, in the rest of this episode, Ned realizes that eh, it's not that great. So, and, and that that is not my point. Is My point is, why... Are you making a joke about it to us? Why are you winking at the camera while you're doing it? Why are you going, wink, wink, Homer's going to be nice this episode. Wink, wink. Why? I don't know. I think it works both in-universe and out-of-universe, and that's it's almost the best kind of joke, where it works from Homer typically being a, a oaf and a... a brute to Ned Flanders and realizing that he has to set that aside and being sad because it's his way. But I I also appreciate that it's kind of a handshake with the audience about, okay, we're going to have to tone down Homer here. Stay along for the ride. (sighs) So (laughs) don't worry, Rob, you'll get to tell us more and more later. (laughs) It will take very long, I promise. Well, that's true. Uh, but yes, there are gravestones of the people who have died on the show, uh, the very few. And then we get some meta commentary through Reverend Lovejoy's. Uh, oh, wait, Matt, wait, uh, wait, wait, Matt. Wait. There is uh, literally a tombstone that says Beatrice Simmons in then parentheses grandpa's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. That is in that is in the show that is on camera. Why? In this in this. OK, if this is about Ned's grief. And about death, and it's supposed to act like we are supposed to treat this seriously. We're supposed to buy into Ned as actual feeling, actual pain, actual grief of losing losing his wife. Wait, we have to make a joke about other dead people. Remember them? They died too. Ha ha ha. Remember I mean, this one whole that was scene... only in one episode. Well, I was going to say, I feel like this whole scene is just kind of a meta reflection on the show having... Uh, killed off characters before uh, i think from the minute they get to the the funeral to the very end of that scene 
you know, it's a one second gag, but I think it's all a part of the whole where they're kind of reflecting on changes in the status quo that they've done on The Simpsons up to this point, including Frank Grimes and Beatrice Simmons and uh, Marvin Monroe. Though I guess he comes back, so. He wasn't, he didn't actually die. He was just really sick for a while, as they say. That's true. I didn't someone put a a gravestone for him. What does Lovejoy say at the funeral, Matt? Uh, well, he comments on how things have changed so much, uh, in Springfield, including the fact that, you know, Apu used to be a lonely bachelor and now has eight children and just more and more things about how he basically comments on all the, the changes the show has gone through. Uh, no, but I mean, what does he say about Maude? Oh, that she was a supporting character in our lives. That, that, wink, wink. Get it? Wait, uh-huh. wait, no, there's not. That's not the only thing she says, though, Matt. He says about Maude Flanders. There's more than just oh, oh you, she's a supporting character. What are you getting at? Because I, I don't remember everything. I'm 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 just it's it's not just a single joke, and because th- this funeral, it just is it all is just winks and nods. There's nothing else here. There's no substance. There's nothing. There's no grief here. Like they cut to Flanders being sad, but then and and Rod and Todd, which is all well and good, but everyone it, they are treat like I can buy it in Homer's Enemy. Because that is what that episode is about. It's about the fact, you know, subverting tropes and making Homer the villain of his own series and Grimes dies in the end because blah, 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 blah. Maud is a – if this is supposed to be a genuine article funeral and is supposed to actually show people grieving, like, are you telling me that everyone there are, like, these heartless monsters? Like, Reverend Lovejoy is such a heartless monster that when Maud dies, he's just like, yeah, she's a supporting... I'm gonna make jokes about the show we're in. Hey, we're a TV show. Hey, don't forget, this is a TV show. This person just died, and we care about them, especially if Ned, who this episode is about. But nah, don't forget, she's not that important. She's a bit player. No one says that at a funeral. There's not one genuine thing in this funeral. You tell me Ned, we don't get, we don't get Ned, you know, going up and talking about his wife that he loved. Ned, the most genuine person in the show. Not one bit, nothing. It's just Reverend Lovejoy making jokes for us. He's not talking to the people in the funeral. He's talking to the audience. He doesn't say one single thing that is for the people at the funeral. It's not real. They're just, everything they say is just like, make sure, don't. Don't for one second buy into the immersion that someone is dead. Don't even try for one moment. Don't forget, this is a TV show. She's not real. Don't worry about it. Which is the opposite of what you wanted. That's the opposite. That is, It's just crazy to me that they have an episode that is about a person dying, but not at any one point do they actually want to make you feel sad. They just want to go, that's, oh. That's not true. That's not true. They want you to feel sad. They want you to feel sad through Ned. Ned is is your uh, focal point for the the catharsis of the episode of mourning and and losing. And, uh, you know, it's how they use his reaction to gin up an emotional connection for a character who, to be fair, I didn't have any real affection for. It's not like there was some gaping hole in The Simpsons because Maude Flanders was no longer a part of it. I, I think that this scene works as an acknowledgement of that in some ways. Now, do they go overboard a little bit? I think it's fair. I think you could have changed Reverend Lovejoy's speech to make it work at least somewhat plausibly in-universe and not just as a commentary to the audience. But I think it's an acknowledgement of the realization that 
mod isn't that big a deal to the the world of the show and that you can't really expect the audience to feel that way about her but the audience does care about ned and from here the episode segues into ned's reaction to all of this i think that's where the strength of it comes from we're just not quite there yet essentially i get what you're saying robbie i really do why should i care why why are they making an episode about this I don't think we've gotten there quite yet. I mean, <laughs> we're on our way. This is okay. So we know how much we complain about this, the weird, wacky intros. And I feel like this is how they're transitioning from a weird, wacky intro into the real meat of the story. It's almost almost as if uh, there were two episodes or two writers who really wanted to go back and forth. Because I feel like Ian Maxstone Graham wrote this great episode about Ned dealing with the grief from his dead wife. And when it got to the writer's room, they just started throwing jokes at it because here the writer's room at that point in time was just like, no, we got to have jokes, I, jokes, jokes I, everywhere. I, I, I want to, I'm going to read this. This is directly, this is Mike Scully's exact quotes, which just reinforce everything I hate about this episode. But, Oh, okay. So Scully's noted that there was a lot of discussion about making sure uh, we, the staff, did deal with some of the emotional ramifications of death in the episode, and not just make it all joke, joke, joke. But at the same time, we're a comedy. They're animated. They're not real. In one of the first Ugh. scripts for the episode, there was a scene in which Rod and Todd discussed their mother's death. However, according to Max Stone Graham, the writing staff decided to cut it because, quote, it just never played anything but sad. He added that the writers, quote, really wanted to address how the children would feel, but they could just, quote, never pull it off without it just being sad. Scully added, it was, quote, very sweet scene, but, quote, too difficult to get out of it comedically to the next scene. Oh, there's not a, you couldn't get jokes into the sad parts of people dying? Oh, no. You don't want to add too much emotional depth to your episode? Ooh, it, I take, it took too much work. It was hard, so we just cut out the scene where people showed emotion. <sighs> In case you can't tell, Robbie's being sarcastic. <laughs> Man, if you couldn't tell that, I don't think you understand what sarcasm even is. <laughs> oh, I I understand. I know, I know. It is. It just. I can't. I don't think you guys are wrong when you say, "Oh, the last ten minutes or so are genuine," but the first twelve minutes of this episode are purposely telling me that i should not care that's all i get out of it i got out like i get oh it took us seven minutes to kill maud and then we're going to spend another five emphasizing the fact that she doesn't matter this universe you never cared about her and i didn't i maud was good for a few jokes that's it maud was not a real character ned was but why isn't this episode begin with maud's death why does it begin at the funeral because that's all it takes. Maude could have died off camera because it doesn't benefit. It certainly doesn't benefit from them showing her shot to death by t-shirt cannons. It could have started with a funeral, and then you actually get 22 minutes of Ned dealing with things, not 12 minutes of rushed garbage. Yeah, honestly, I think if they had just started at the racetrack, they really were set on that, which I don't think they should have been, but hey, um, then I they could have you know had more time here and i again i you're right i just feel like they had too much of a focus on throwing in jokes uh, you're right about the skull years they do this in general it's just it's kind of sad really 
Anyway, at this point, we move on to where the episode starts to finally get good. We go to the wake, which is not something you want to say, but unfortunately for us, that's just the way this episode's going. Um, we get Apu coming up to offer his condolences to Ned uh, because uh, he is going to give Ned all of Maud's frequent squishy points, which apparently he is not supposed to do, but then it segues into him complaining about work. Uh, luckily, the first time anyone has ever described Mo showing up as luckily, Mo comes along and attempts to console Ned, but also lapses into being himself. Yeah, it's enough there, Pooh. Look, Ned, I know we ain't hung out much. Uh, what with your insane fear of drinking and me being banned from the church and all, but uh, but that Maud, she was really something. Oh, wasn't she? Thank you, Mo. I appreciate that. No, I really mean it, though. I mean, if it was you that died, I would have been on her so fast. What are you saying? What? Nothing. She was hot. What? You can't take a compliment? You monster! That's good. No. Let it out. That's it. Let it out. Send me to more. That's it. Oh, here I come, baby. Oh, yeah. So, yes. Uh, this is horrific. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's also kind of funny in a dark way. I think it's the, the episode's only real dip into dark humor and an otherwise, you know, obviously, an episode that deals with death. And I think I appreciate it for that. It's it's true. I actually feel this episode could have used a little more dark humor, especially if we were to the point, like Robbie said, if if Maude had died in the first two or three minutes and the, the whole episode was with Ned dealing with it, we could have done with a little more dark humor. You would have had more time for, you know, ups and downs because, you know, dark humor generally has to be, uh, you know, interspersed with lighter humor. Otherwise, it gets a little too rough. It gets British at that point. But <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that description. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, uh, Ned is still grieving. Uh, Marge and Homer make Bart go play with Rod and Todd. Uh, we get a great line from Bart. Why does all the bad stuff happen to happen to me as he goes to play with kids whose parent, whose mother has just died? It's kind of dark, but it's also well than uh, Bart's character. Uh, once they're together, uh, Bart suggests they play a video game because it always makes him feel better. So they play Billy Graham's Bible Blaster where they are converting the heathens. Uh, basically, you shoot Bibles at uh, what appear to be tribes people, and it turns them into white people with, you know, terrible haircuts and suits, uh, because obviously that's what uh, evangelical Christians uh, do with their video games. And uh, oh, also, the, uh, if you see a gentle Baha'i, you should also convert him. Uh, and, and if you only get a little bit, it turns them into Unitarians. Billy Graham's Bible Blaster, everyone. Also, only Bart gets to play. Uh, that's how that's how teamwork works. That that part did feel well observed to me in the sense of like, I, I don't know if you guys did this, but I 100% when I was six years old, uh, wouldn't plug in the second controller, but would hand it to my sister and tell her that she was playing along with me. <laughs> I think that's the good joke of this. I get the, they're trying to skewer the whole uh, evangelical Christian movement, but some of it seems a little far. They don't even address the racism of taking people who are, you know, kind of a dark shade and turning them into white people. That's that's a, that's a bit of an issue. Yeah, the whole bit's pretty on the nose, I would say. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I get what they were going for. It's, it's like kids trying to be better or kids trying to distract themselves. Uh, it does feel a little all off, but yeah, I've seen much worse. <laughs> this season I've seen much worse that's good Matt you've seen worse yeah but, exactly. I, I am also sympathetic to the idea that like trying to tackle children losing their mom is 
potentially too dark for the Simpsons. It's just it, you're just going to drag the entire episode I, down. And he, even if you stick with emotion, even if you're going for an emotional story, it's just too much and too heavy. Andrew, what did I? I a hundred percent agree with you. I one hundred percent agree with everything you just said. Don't make this episode. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, so I, I know you didn't love it, but how did you feel about Round Springfield? Because it's, a, I feel like, is doing a similar thing, having I, one so of the characters process what death means. I, I think you can do it because I think Round Springfield is better because it is not a family member and it's like an idol, a hero, which everyone deals with. Like, it's not as heavy. You know, it's like hearing your favorite baseball player died or your favorite musician died. It's very sad, but it's not going to it's not going to destroy your life fundamentally. Like you're not you're not planning funerals. You're not you don't have an address up because you have to go to church. You know, it's very like and that I, I Lisa still did. Lisa did. I still don't like the Brown Springfield very much. I think I was you. You. I believe I, I remember us having a, a Twitter dispute about round springfield because i thought it wasn't very good and you like it more than me matt liked it more than i did too so i don't know i don't i don't like it when frankly that's when i come around to like people always talk about oh the simpsons can do anything especially in the golden years they could tackle any subject i'm like no don't not every subject they can't handle serious stuff because they're too afraid not to have jokes and frankly i don't really want to watch the simpsons that doesn't have any jokes so just don't do it. You have a million different things you make episodes about. They haven't been afraid through 30 seasons to do the same thing over and over and over again. Just do, just don't I don't I don't need an episode with Ned's with Maud dying and Ned being sad. And then it only him being sad for 5 minutes basically. That's cuz that's well, I feel like he's sad for almost the rest of the episode. It's just he's not utterly inconsolably sad some people are just get sad you know inside and don't show it that hard i that's you're right matt you are right again but how why is it whenever you say i'm right it makes me feel bad (laughs) you're right because (laughs) see i don't because i don't it's not i we agree i think we all we are agreeing on this i don't i just think that i i you're right that uh, there are a lot of people who ha- have their feelings don't come out. You know, they might be terrifically sad and not demonstrate it. And that's that's been like that was a part of Ned's character with Hurricane Nettie. He represses things. He keeps things inside. So that makes sense. But that doesn't make a good Simpsons episode. I Are we going to have an introspective journey into Ned's sadness inside? How he how he wakes up every morning and he's upset because Maude isn't there next to him? Like... No, that's terrible. It's a terrifically sad episode. I don't why again, why is this here? Why is this in this why is this in my show? Alright, fair enough. Uh coming up next, uh Homer is actually nice honoring the pledge he did before and does a great job of putting Ned uh to bed. Now if there's anything, anything at all I can do to help out. We're hogging Flanders, I wanna comfort him. <laughs> it's nice of you, Homer, but I think I'll just go to bed. Then I insist on walking you home. Homer, this really isn't necessary. Those feelings are normal, Ned. They're part of the process. Watch the sprinkler. Hey, that's my sprinkler. It's natural to feel that way, but the sprinkler is gone. It's time to let go. I just bought that. I know, I know. It's never easy. You want anything else? Water? Chili fries? How about some white noise? 
Sleep tight, Neddy. So, yes, uh, at this point, Ned is put to bed after uh, the night of the funeral. But unfortunately, at this point, Ned cannot sleep uh, because he reaches over once again. As we just talked about, Ned is intensely sad that that Maude is not there, that that space is gone. So he goes to Homer and throws some pebbles against Homer's window to wake him up. Homer, uh, having prepared for the rock fight of all rock fights, has a giant boulder with uh, Ned's name on it. Uh, but thankfully, it also Homer says once again war rock on it. Well, yes, exactly. Flanders War Rock. Because if there's a, a, a war of rocks, Homer wants to be ready. It's my metal band. You don't band. want to be caught empty-handed in a, a rock war. My, exactly. My, my, my death metal band is called War Rock. <laughs> nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so Homer quickly puts down his War Rock, throws a few other smaller rocks in his pockets just in case, because you never know when a rock war is going to break out, uh, and goes to talk with Ned. Uh, Ned at this point is I don't want to call him despondent but he's very upset obviously as you would be he blames himself uh, then we get a nice bit of Homer uh, listing all the reasons it is actually Homer's fault including him uh, provoking the t-shirts him ducking down him making Maud want to go get the food in the first place him parking in the ambulance zone preventing any possible ch- uh, chance of resuscitation anyway uh, so at, at this point we move on to the Ned getting over uh, his wife uh, phase where Homer decides that in order to help Flanders move on from his grief Homer is going to uh, start recording Flanders everywhere he's got the old school you know late 90s giant video camera actually it's probably like a late 80s video camera that he's he's rocking um, so he starts recording uh, Ned all over the place, like in the garden, taking his shirt off. We just see lots of interesting things. Uh, but then he basically takes the footage to Lisa. You got to show the, those ladies that meet. Exactly. That that's, man, that's what the ladies are really that, concerned that, about. That, 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 a 60-year-old man. <laughs> you need some good devout beefcake to really sell things. That's true. I, I had forgotten that, Matt. Well, <laughs> we're going to get to that because I actually captured captured the entire video, so you okay. know, I'm ready for that. I was going to say official compliment, Matt. <laughs> yes, finally got one instead of a demerit. Anyway, uh, Lisa edits uh, all of Homer's footage on a my first video editor, which is some kind of console hooked up to the TV. Which I don't even know how that worked back in the day of they those videotapes. those existed. I'm sure they did. I don't know how they work, though. That they, seems what they're doing seems impossible on that little thing. It's you know, it requires lots of manual scrubbing back and forth on a VHS tape and mm. applying a very small preset amount of video effects to it, like star wipes. Of course. Of course. Anyway, uh, at this point, uh, Homer decides to go over to Ned and show him the video that he has made. Uh, how are you doing, Ned? Oh, it's been a hard couple of months, but. I feel like I've turned a corner. Well, it's all going to change. Thanks to this tape. Tape? Now the audio needs some tweaking, and there's some footage of Maggie being born that I couldn't get rid of. Anyway, enjoy. Single women of Springfield, your prayers have been flanchered. Head flanchered, that is. Is this a dating video? Shush. What would you say about a man who owns his own house and his own car? That's Ned Flanders. A man who's not afraid to cry. Hey, Ned. 
So that's why you maced me. <laughs> yeah. That does everything with class. Whether he's punching in his ATM code... Or keeping clean in the shower. Homer! But don't take my word for it. Listen to this testimonial. Oh, I would date Ned in a second if I was a woman or gay. He looks like a cuddler, that Ned. I, I like that. I like to be held. I like to be pampered. So if you're tired of dating the same old losers... What are you doing, Homer? Step up to the best. Ned Flanders, the man with the chest. Ew. Now we'll just send this to the dating service. The chicks will fall for you and bam, the healing begins. So, yes. Funny it's been uh, the whole episode. Yeah. Especially the, the Marge giving birth at the end. That, that sounded really <laughs> great, I bet, just by itself. Some good good work from Julie Kavner there. Yeah. So. It's the only time I laughed. Well, yeah, that and uh, for those of you who have not seen this episode, which there might have been many, as Robbie said, a lot of people dropped off before this. Uh, one of the bits in the video is a picture of Ned in the shower with some very interesting pixelation. <laughs> uh, how, did, how did they get that past standards and practices? Like, I don't know. Shocked. That just seems like the kind of thing they still wouldn't allow on TV today. <laughs> uh, guys. Robbie, are you okay? No. I think we killed Robbie. I'm not okay. <laughs> I think I've made that very clear. I am not okay. I I laugh the here, the thing I found especially funny in this bit is the just the shot of Mo, uh Lenny and Carl just standing outside the bar, staring at the, the camera. Like, what's going why are you filming us? That made me laugh. I like that a lot. I I appreciate this bit in as like as a as a bit is that necessary us showing we got to see ned's uh uh business what does he call it for bart he calls it his uh cheese doodle doodle do we need to see flanders doodle is that necessary is that really not really is that like an important uh... joke get it look at ned he's well endowed. Oh, anyway, it's, the, it's the payoff to the setup in the early part of the episode where he expresses I, his discomfort with footlongs. I don't give them that much credit. <laughs> I honestly you'll don't. Him, I honestly don't. Give him credit for the whole uh, Homer being a jerk joke, but you won't give him credit for that because that's meta, Matt. Get it? It's clever. Season eleven. Yeah, love, this season is eleven. Season. It's a different kind of clever. It's not wink, wink, nod of the audience clever. It's like, remember a joke we made earlier in the episode kind of clever? Which Season 11 is not good at. In 10 either. They're decidedly bad at that. I don't, I have stopped giving them credit for things that happen like that. Oh, also appreciated as serendipity. I guess that's fair. I don't know why we, I still don't know why we see it. I don't get it. I don't, it, it feels so like sophomoric which is again i i i don't know i don't know i don't think it belongs in this i don't it feels like so much of season 11 and 10 are really like let's show off let's include things that we just think are funny even though they don't belong and this is another of those i'm like i get okay i sure homer can make ned although also lisa is editing this video so Homer yeah, is she would probably giving, have seen that. It's, it's, it's best not to think about it. That's I, 
Uh, that's not the thing. It seems about three it. seconds. I mean, come on. It's that's... hey, Andrew. I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. When before I rewatch this episode, you know what I remember from this episode? I remember, remember Maud dying from a t-shirt cannon. And I remember Ned's doodle. That's what I remember. <laughs> okay, so that's what they put and it. It in. worked. They needed, they needed to hook you. That's I don't. That's no. You can't argue I, with success. It, <laughs> Uh, if this is defined as success, me flying into vitriolic rage, I don't know. I that's not, I don't know if that's a good kind of success. Remember those three seconds, Robbie. I don't I, think you'll ever forget. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I believe I. Maybe in like season. By the time we hit like season twenty-five, all of this one will be faded again. Will blurred out in my memory. We can only hope. It'll take a while though. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> We're almost done with Act 2. Ned is nervous about the dating. However, after attempting to play Scrabble against himself and realizing how lonely he is, he decides to do the dating thing and drops off the tape in the mail to go to the dating service. And then we find out Homer is in the mailbox for some reason. He's been waiting there for, I don't know, how long, how much time has transpired between all this? Mm. A lot. how, How long do you think? That's what I'm asking, Matt. Has it been months? Like, has it been months of of since Maud's death when we see Ned playing Scrabble, or has it been a week? He said he says it's been a couple of months when he's talking to Homer. Okay. Also, this is pointed out to me on on Twitter, and I I, I feel like it's interesting enough to mention from Brian at at Board ATX. Uh, Homer uses the word flancered in the dating video. Ned uses mm-hmm. the word flancered on the Scrabble board. Well, exactly, because uh, once that word is in your head, you have to use it for everything. Fortunately, I don't think Ned's going to be challenging his own words when he's playing against himself, so he's probably fine. <laughs> That's probably true, but obviously it's in the Simpsons Dictionary by now, along with Quidgybo. There's a, there's a whole new Scrabble word section in the Simpsons Dictionary. There sure is. Anyway, at this point, we go to a commercial. <laughs> I can feel I love it. I love it. I love it, Matt. I can feel your you're like, ugh. I don't. I just want to finish. I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's I don't not, want to, this episode is not as terrible as you think it is, but oh my god, it's not good or bad enough to talk about it this much. Oh, Matt, everything's worth discussion. Um, we cut. We we come back from commercial, and it is now Flanders going on dates. Uh, part where he is. Taking on prospective women in Springfield, single women, taking them on dates, and we're you know getting some some fun with that. Um, the first date is Lindsay Nagel. Um, she's too busy getting indicted, I believe, from her getting a fax from her ankle-mounted fax receiver. Just Pretty sure we had email by this point. Two, Matt, two thousand. You're cutting the Simpsons writers to write about emails. For Lindsay Nagel? Yeah, good point. Never mind. So, we're, we're also only a few years removed from a joke about a school having a website, so it's yeah, it's dicey. It's it's random. Uh, then we get uh the 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 next bit, and that's Edna Krabappel, which is I think the most noteworthy one because one Ned ends up with her later, but he goes on a date with Edna while with Seymour Skinner listening. Dinner was delicious, Edna. But I can't shake the feeling that you're just using me to get Principal Skinner jealous. Oh, please. I don't care what Mr. Engaged to be Engaged thinks. 
hear that, Seymour? Edna, this is childish. Fine, then hang up. I will hang up when he leaves. <sighs> That's not weird. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, totally, there, totally not uh, making anyone jealous. And there's also a third woman who is a random character who just has a dog. And they go on a walk, and she talks through her dog? Well, she basically talks to her dog instead of talking to Ned. It's it's frightening to Ned and to us. Uh, Ned f- f- drives his swan boat away. I, so I don't believe that anybody in that writer's room went to a NASCAR race. I 100% believe that somebody from the writer's room went on that date. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Probably, that's a warning sign, I would say. Yeah. If the woman is not talking to you only through her using a dog as a medium, basically. Um, Ned blames himself, calling himself exciting as a baked potato, which apparently angers Marge because we do know that she loves potatoes. It's true. No, she she just awesome. misunderstands him. And then Ned has a crisis of faith. Almost. He almost has one uh, when he starts talking to God. So, how'd you do tonight, Romeo? Uh, I just can't relate to the women of today, Homer. Ah, it's probably me. I'm about as exciting as a baked potato. You're darn right you are. And you've got lots of other great qualities, too. That's right, Ned. Those floozies we married in Vegas were crazy about you. What floozies? What are you talking? Marge, we're trying to help Ned. Lord, I never question you. But I've been wondering if your decision to take Maud was, well, wrong. Unless this is part of your divine plan. Could you just give me some kind of sign? anything and after all that church chocolate i bought which by the way was gritty and had that white stuff on it well i've had it daddy get up you'll be late for church well you boys can go with the simpsons i'm not going to church today (gasps) that's right and i may not go to church tomorrow No, I'm not kidding. I'm going to sit right here and miss church. You just watch. Sorry, 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 sorry. I wonder how long that actually lasted in between those two scenes. Uh, I mean, he does show up a little late, so it had to be at least a few minutes. I Enough enough time for Rod and Todd to get over to the Simpsons and drive with them to church. Yes. Yeah. I, why, why is this here? Why is what? Why is this scene here? Because it's good. It's meaningful. You you have it, it shows Ned, Ned having, having a crisis of faith. How is it meaningful? Because it's dealing with the fact that he lost his wife, and and for a religious person like Ned, it would be challenging to reconcile your faith with having to handle something that is so difficult. I that is true, but he goes to church anyway. Literally, right then, within minutes. He goes the very fact that Ned Flanders even considered that makes it a big deal. If no, if the ep, if nothing changes in the plot, if Ned does Ned doesn't change, the story doesn't change. It doesn't reveal. I already know nothing ever changes. No, I know, but it's a sitcom. I understand that, Matt. But think I'm thinking back to Hurricane Nettie, and the the moment he. He has that appeal to God in the, in the church, which I, is a scene I love. I reference a lot. That feels meaningful because it doesn't wrap itself up 10 seconds later. 
I don't. It, it builds on character. It builds on what we already know about Ned. Uh, like, like Matt said, just the very fact that he would he would even have that moment is a big thing for Ned Flanders. And, and could it have more time to breathe? Should it have more time to breathe? Yes. I wish that they had just chopped off all the stupid racing stuff and given more time to the episode to flesh out this kind of stuff. But brief though it may be, I think it works, and I think it's it's powerful in a glancing but no less effective way. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. We've noticed. I know. I just... We're, we're I, almost there, right? I don't understand why... I just don't... Like, don't have... Why, if he goes... Nothing changes. Nothing makes... It doesn't matter if he goes to church or not. Like, if he goes to church. If he doesn't go to church and something happens to him of consequence, okay, great. But he just goes, oh, psych, drives to church real fast. And then there's a lady there? So everything changes. Except it doesn't. There's there's more to it than that, but we'll get there. <sighs> okay, so Ned immediately goes to church after saying he's never going to church again. Uh, and there's electric guitar, which alarms him. <gasps> electric guitars in church? Oh my gosh, the dropouts must have overpowered the reverend. This is a love song about a dude I met in a sleazy motel. <gasps> a dude named God. Oh, in a motel room in Delacroix, I was drinking like a Dartmouth boy and thinking about the wrong turns that I took. Well, I woke up on the pew green floor and opened up a dresser drawer looking for a bottle, but instead I found a book. She's talking about the Bible. So? She's good looking. Shut up. You shut up. A book about a man. A book about the dude who lives above A book about a man Who drives a pickup full of sweet, sweet love Now if you think he doesn't care Or maybe that he isn't there It's not too late to see how wrong you are So when your soul is gone astray Just let God be your triple A Tow you to salvation and he'll overhaul your heart. Pick up truck full of love. Yep. That's God for you. Drinking like a Dartmouth boy. I I could believe that that lady wrote the rest of that song. There's no way that lady made a reference to Dartmouth in her Christian rock song. I refuse to believe it. Well, no, obviously that was put in by the Simpsons writers. What are you saying, Andrew? I say it, it does feel like the product of an Ivy League writer's room more than an uh, alt-country singer. Covenant, featuring the bassist from Satanica. Of course. Which Lisa and Marge know for some reason. <laughs> they, they love metal. Lisa and Marge, secret metal binge listening. They just, just have album parties where they just listen to black and death metal over and over coming in season 31 oh no covenant is was i believe at the time i think i saw this in the news group the name of three different different metal bands which are all wow all decidedly not christian um but whatever uh I, i think a christian rock band would definitely have a covenant with a c they would not have covenant with a k well the only thing more powerful than the lord is trademark law Walt Disney, I believe if that was his quote, he said it once once upon a time. I can believe that. 
Um, so Ned is entranced by this song and this this lady. Um, her name was Rachel Jordan. That's the name of this character. So I assume that they have a church service as normal. Then the church service ends, and they are leaving church. And she is trying to wrangle some equipment into a van. Ned sees that she needs help and goes to help her out and talks to her a bit. That was a lovely song. It really got to me. Been through some rough times yourself? I, I recently lost my wife. I'm real sorry to hear that. We just lost our drummer to a Pentecostal ska band. I mean, I know it's not the same, but... No, I hear what you're saying. It's always hard to replace someone. Yeah. My name's Rachel Jordan. If you feel like talking, maybe we could grab a coffee. Well, that, that sounds real nice, Rachel, but uh, I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm not quite... I understand. Listen, we're heading out on tour with the Monsters of Christian Rock. Maybe when we get back, you and I could get together. Well, maybe we can. My name's Ned Flanders, and I'm here every week. Rain or shine. It's a show about Ned. About him losing his sweet wife. She landed on her head. But now it's time to get on with his life. I wanted to include that post credits song. Well, of course, it's so wonderful. Very important to the song about Maud Flanders landing on her head. Really adds emotional gravitas to this. It really does. Grief, ex- deep examination of grief. This episode is. Hi guys, how you guys doing? Better than you, apparently. <laughs> I haven't landed on my head recently, so you know that's a plus. It's always a plus. I I don't necessarily I don't mind this stuff with that. I. I, it just is so impossibly rushed. I can't like this feel. This third act feels like it should be an entire episode. Like I don't disagree with that. It, it, and it takes in the span of like five minutes, maybe less. It's not very long. I I captured most of it honestly. There's not a lot that I didn't capture aside from the Lindsay Nagel and the random dog woman who's kind of terrifying. Um, it, it just it just feels like. I have, in the span of 12 minutes, they have had someone die, uh, funeral, wake, grief, dating, uh, crisis of faith, and then, uh, what's the, what's the way, uh, return to faith, and introduction of a lady. A lot of of things happen. It's, It's a very packed episode, especially in the latter two acts. And I, I again, I, I wish you could get rid of the NASCAR stuff and spend more time on this. But I, I do think the end is is nice, and I like the idea that Ned is kind of at a low moment, and he sees somebody singing a song about how the Lord is still there for you even in your dark moments, and and he sees her and sees somebody expressing that thought to him through art, and has the slightest inkling that he could open his heart again. It's it's quick, but I think it's well done. I think they do a good job. And maybe they're coasting on some of how we feel for Ned naturally as a character and, and letting a cute little song do some of the heavy lifting. But I think it works in the moment, even if it's not the most fulsome exploration of this idea that there's ever been. What do you think, Matt? How do you feel? I understand where you're coming from. I really do. I just I think you're being extra vindictive to this one. <laughs> I mean, you're right. It's not great. It's not good. 
but at least there are some parts of it that we can pick out and say, yes, this was a good idea. I, I don't, I, I'm not, I, I will give them credit when I think it's due. And I have, I'm, like, I didn't do it. I mean, last week was miserable, but, uh, like, not, too, what was it, uh, was it two weeks ago we did, um, Mansion Family, which I thought was very good, very funny. I don't recall you thinking it was very funny. I thought you. I I recall you thinking it was a, a decent episode. It's in the top 100, Matt. We ranked it in the top 100. If I don't think it's good, That's I'm not going to. I'm not going to put it up there. Um, I doubt their sincerity, which is a thing I can't abide. It. I. It's the thing I. 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 I think that's the thing that makes me so angry. Why I've been so vitriolic. Why I've been vindictive, as you use that word, Matt. I don't think I've been vindictive, but. I doubt, I doubt their sincerity. I don't, I, I feel like they are thumbing, they're like, they're winking at us the entire time. And like, See, I disagree. It, it feels like, th- not that they're winking at us, that they they tried to craft an episode that has some gravitas, and they tried to make some jokes, but they chose the wrong jokes, because at that point in time, they had no idea what was funny and what people liked about the show. <laughs> Oh, what? Yeah, I think we broke Robbie. I think you're yeah. very, I think you're funny, man. I think you're you're a funny guy cuz I again, I agree with you. They didn't know I was funny. Uh I I almost I almost hate this episode more than last week, I think. Wow. I I wholeheartedly That's... disagree. Last week was a pile of garbage that should never have been crafted into some sort of episode. I, this is at least better than that. I I think last week's episode is terrible. In almost all regards. But I don't think it ever m- tries to be a serious thing. And I think that's uh, this is trying to craft some, uh, trying to make me feel a way about a character that I uh, like. I like Ned a lot. He's a great character. And it feels, doesn't feel genuine. I don't, it feel like, and I can't help but look at most of season 10 and 11 and see how every single time they try and put together a real heartwarming moment between characters, they immediately undercut themselves, try and displace as much as that as possible, try and seemingly to go out of their way at times to make us feel less. Like, hey, don't care too much. And I, I, that's what it feels like. This I, I feel like this episode just just is is fake feels phony uh, and it, that upsets me because i hate that in art and it, like it it starts with the fact that this is all because maggie roswell wanted a, a, a relatively meager pay raise considering what she was doing and that they decided well, well let's just make it that like that is that is the impetus of this episode it is not let's do an examination of ned like hurricane nettie is it is Oh, this voice actress got fired, so let's make an episode about her character dying. And I'm not going to disconnect that from the rest of this episode. Well, to be fair, that wasn't a decision that the writer's room made. It was something that was handed to them. And I think saying, okay, we need to figure out some way to move on from this character, or if nothing else, this character can't be a part of the show in the same way she was. Uh, There's a lot of great art that is made from having restrictions or from having external things that are put on you that you have to figure out how to make work. And I I think if somebody on the show 
had this handed to them and said, okay, we can't use mod anymore, or at least we're going to have to change and think about how we use mod. Turning it into some kind of exploration of Ned dealing with grief is a good good way to handle that. Uh, again, you can disagree with how they actually did it, but I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, or I don't think there's anything limiting about having things handed to you externally and then using that to make great art. I think that happens all the time. And I don't hold the the commerce of Maggie Roswell leaving the show against the writers who are making the episode. We will rank this episode at the end of the show. Ready, Matt, for that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Matt, I'm going to ask you a question. Is this episode broken? I don't know that I would call it broken. I would likened to many episodes from season 10 and 11 where there is a core of something good here and they just tacked on a bunch of random crap. Uh, I think it could be improved immensely. Uh, I think Andrew and I and you have all thrown out great ways this could have been gone from a decent episode to at least a good episode. Uh, You know, mainly by removing the NASCAR part. Uh, But I don't know that I would call it broken. Okay, if you say so. I don't think it's broken either, honestly, because I think the only way to fix it is not to do it, and that's not really fixing something. No, that's abandoned. That's that's which we we can have a second checklist. Should this episode have existed at all? Oh no, that's then Matt. That's a slippery slope. <laughs> whole swath, whole uh, season just, just disappear yeah, in the flames. Wipe, I just wipe away season ten like Thanos. Just snap my fingers. Goodbye. Well, that's probably that's a little too strong. Probably we can move on. So it's not broken. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments on the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. Comments on the news group is where I come through the old alt tv news group. See what people were talking about the week or two after an episode debuted. What they thought of the episode. If there's any 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 interesting tidbits that came up on the news group. Um, what did you what do you guys think the news group thought of this episode? I'm going to go with split heavily down the middle. I'm going to go with worst episode ever as the the prevailing consensus. You are both wrong. Really? Yes. Most people will really like this episode. Uh, this is this probably the best reviewed episode season in the season in the news group in season 11 so far. It's wow. all extraordinarily positive. I pulled a few for samples. Um, first, well, that was a nice episode. I really like scenes after the funeral with Apu and then Mo comforting Ned. The scene with Ned and Homer on the swings was nice as well. Love that rock fight. A few people have complained about the ending, say it seemed too abrupt, but I liked it. Sort of bittersweet. I really liked the song. Of course, not everything was perfect. I can't remember anything that really stands out except for that big Ian Maxstone Graham thing. It's too self-referential for the tone of the episode. It just wasn't funny. Overall, not terribly funny, but it was a funeral episode. Nice emotional interactions. A. Uh, and one more. I was ple- actually pleasantly surprised at this one. It managed to have a heart, not to be crude as the kidney trouble camp, yet there are still some great jokes. Bible Blaster, for instance, was hilarious. Can actually buy the characters' reactions, too. This is probably the best episode dealing with death, more laughs than old money, and more sensitivity than around Springfield. The ending seemed a bit abrupt. That's a minor complaint for an episode that can have easily been a lot worse. A. Sounds a lot like Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> I... Uh, there's not. There's a reason I asked that question, Matt, when we were talking, because I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. <laughs> uh, also, which I think is interesting, you see this theory pop up so early in The Simpsons history because it has recently popped up of talking about the end of the series. 
but it's an explanation of both Maud Flanders' death and the arc, general arc of the Simpsons as a whole. So, uh, here we go. Maud Flanders is going to die, but that's the way it was meant to be. Consider, when the series began, let's just say for the sake of argument, Sim- Simpsons roasting on an open fire, we see Ned and one of the kids, not sure which one. No mention of Maud is made at all. A theory can be made that there is some point in the series at which an ending and a beginning can be defined, thus connecting the series finale to the series premiere. The producers can then kill off Maud because she wasn't be- she wasn't seen in the beginning of the series. Maud didn't appear in the first season, not until 7F08, if I'm not mistaken. The Simpsons is a flat circle. Exactly. <laughs> a donut-like circle, if you will. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about I think donuts. Stephen Hawking said that. It, yeah. Donut-shaped universe intrigued me. Um, but that, that's that's what I find. There's other there's other stuff about the uh, controversy about commercials and NASCAR races because there was a crash at a, a NASCAR event in Charlotte where someone got hit by a tire and they thought a commercial was making fun of it. But I think it was just the commercial. And when they saw the episode, they went, oh, it's not making fun of anything. So it wasn't a big deal. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite comic book guy quote? A lot of, lot of responses. Appreciate everyone who takes the time to answer. First from Byron. I find their choice of prize highly illogical, as the average trucker has new use for a medium-sized belt. Uh, H.A. Oh, a sarcasm detector. That's a real useful invention. Boom. Boom. Andy, I must return to my comic book store where I dispense the insults rather than absorb them. Um, John. But Aquaman, you cannot marry a woman without gills. You're from two different worlds. Oh... I've wasted my life. <laughs> that, that's obviously Robbie's favorite. Mm, we'll see, Matt. We'll see. Uh, from Abby, this is a very rare photo of Sean Connery signed by Roger Moore. It is worth $150. I I, I do like that one a lot. I, I like any of them that are dealing with weird memorabilia. Um, Aaron, I'm starting to think this mo- I'm starting to think his mind is no longer in mint condition. Very good. Kevin, Lucite, hardening, must end life in classic Lorne Green pose from Battlestar Galactica. Best death ever. From Dom. While we're waiting, here's some names you may call me on our wedding night. Obi-Wan, Iron Man, Mr. Mr. Mix-a-pick? Mix- I, I can never do this, Matt. I can never say it. Means you can Mr. never Mix-a-pick. defeat him. Mixed, I know, Mr. Mixel, they, he does it on purpose for some for some reason, has a hard, Mr. Mixelplick, and of course, Big Papa Smurf. Oh no. Uh, from Sam, I always like when he buys 100 dogs for $100. This should provide adequate substance for the Doctor Who marathon? That was before Doctor Who was a thing again. Yeah, that's, a, that's old school Doctor old, Who. Old school Doctor Who. From Martin, ooh, your powers of deduction are exceptional. I can't allow you to waste them here when there are so many crimes going unsolved at this very moment. Go! Go! For the good of the city! Uh, from Eugene, are you the author of High and Lois because you are making me laugh? No one has ever said that. Uh, seriously. Uh, uh, Lois. Tom, inspired by the most logical race in the galaxy, the Vulcans, breeding will be permitted once every seven years. For many of you, this will mean much less breeding. For me, much, much more. From Will at Will's Warned Men, there's no emoticon for what I'm feeling. Uh, five forward system. At five forward system, there are a million valid, valid reasons, but which one did you pick? Uh, this name kind of makes me... I 
Brock Lesnar number one. I'm gonna go right there. I do not agree with that. I'm gonna I'm I'm saying it, but I do not agree with it. At kind of a mm-hmm. writer. This is a very rare Mary Worth in which he advises a friend to commit suicide. Thank you. It's also very good. Brian at Brian J. Feld. Brian J. Field. Freaking kid, I do not need this. I've got a master's in folklore and mythology. Oh. Poor, Super useful. Poor comic book guy. Uh, Jess at Jess D240. Tell me, how do you feel about 45-year-old virgins who still live with their parents? Comb the sweetheart side of your beard and you're on. Don't try to change me, baby. And finally, I'm interested in upgrading my 28.8 kilobot internet connection to a 1.5 megabit fiber optic T1 line. Will you be able to provide an IP router that's compatible with my token ring Ethernet LAN configuration? I have no idea what any of this means. And Homer's reaction is perfect. It's one of the only times I recall a comic book guy sounding really smart. So it's my favorite from Sally. Matt, what is your answer? Uh, I'm going to have to go with, I need to return to my comic book store where I dispense the insults rather than absorb them because that just shows everything you need to know about comic book guy. He's big on insults and he can't take it. Andrew, what is your answer? There is only one answer and it's, oh, I've wasted my life. (laughs) That's where I disagree because my favorite comic book guy quote, which is no one answered, no one used, uh, is from the movie. And the quote is, I've spent my entire life doing nothing but collecting comic books. And now there's only time to say, life well spent. Uh, Good job, about that one. You're right. That is you. That is. It's the one thing I I, like. I don't love comic book guy, but I do resent the fact that somehow he hates collecting things and hates like I'm a collector. Make no bones about it. But I like it. I don't. I don't understand, like, not everyone who just, like, has collections of things is just some irrepressible nerd that actually hates the thing he's doing. And once and once another life, maybe just likes collecting stamps or comic books or figures of something, toys, whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No shame in it. Simpsons writers. They, find, they, they corrected their mistakes, so I'll let, them, I'll let it pass. Let it slide. I'm watching you, though. Of course. Simpsons writers. All right, Matt, you ready? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm getting ahead of myself. Next week's question. What is your favorite Flanders quote? We're going we're gonna to hit back to basics, Matt. Boom, boom, boom. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. I'll post this question on all our social media, facebook.com slash The Simpsons Show Pod, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod, and you can email us at SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com. Now we can move on, Matt. Now we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. I have a ten-point lead on Matt. Yeah, still don't understand how you knew about crazy. What do you mean? How would I? Again, Matt, I've seen the episode probably a hundred times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on a tape. We had two tapes, okay? We had one tape that had three Simpsons episodes on it. We had It had separate vocations. It had... um. Homer Defined, and the third one's always a little bit more fuzzy. I know I had those two and a third. I think it was a lease episode. Then another tape, it had two movies. It had The Great Outdoors and Ghostbusters. So guess what I've seen a lot of? Those very those specific... I'm assuming Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters and The Great Outdoors. I've seen those movies a lot, and I've seen those three Simpsons episodes more than anything in my entire life. And I'll never pass them because I will never be seven years old again and with an infinite amount of time. So, Matt, are you ready for an easy question? I suppose. These are all from Simpsons roasting on an open fire. 
Oh God. Their very first I hate episode. You so much. What do you mean hate you? I Matt, I'm just moving through the seasons and when I get back up to where we are, I'm gonna go back to the beginning. Fine. Next next week here, Matt, I'm gonna give you a clue. Next week you're gonna get a season two episode. So study. Okay. Your easy question. Marge spends all the Christmas savings on what? Uh, removing Bart's tattoo. That is correct. All right. This week, my questions all come from Bart the Lover. Ooh. All mm-hmm. right. What does... Go ahead. No, I'm ready. Okay. What toy does Krabappel take from Bart in Bart the Lover? Oh, God. I don't think I remember this. Oh, wow. Hmm. No, it starts off everything because that's what makes him angry. I mean, I can guess. I don't think it's right, though. I think my answer is from a different episode. Is it? I'll just say a slingshot. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a yo-yo. God, why did I second guess myself, Matt? Because that's what I was going to say. Is that the same oh, episode sorry. with the yo-yo masters? Uh, yes. Okay, I thought that was a, okay. I thought that was a different episode. All right, your meaning question. You ready? Ready. How much is Homer's paycheck for being a mall Santa? Both net and gross. Oh come on! That's ridiculous. It's. I could give you the hard question as the medium question instead. Um, um it's it's two numbers, man. I know. Yes, I'm well aware of that. <laughs> <sighs> I want to say his net is like twenty five dollars and thirteen cents. His gross is like one hundred and twenty dollars. You're half right, man. Wow, how about that? The gross is one hundred twenty dollars. The net. Is thirteen dollars. Thirteen dollars. Shucks. I, I thought you were gonna get. I thought you were gonna get it because mm-hmm. they say thirteen like four times in the episode. Because when he's betting on really? Santa's little helper, and they give him ninety nine to one odds, he says thirteen times ninety nine equals Christmas something. Merry Christmas. There. Yep. That, that, <laughs> see, Andrew. Andrew's Andrew's got it. Of course. Matt, I would not have gotten those numbers to save my life. I'll give you a point, Matt. Well, thank you. You giving the fact that I'm ten points behind. I think it's the least you could do, Matt. Don't act like you were giving me. You're like showing me mercy at any point. What's I my- was. I was constantly giving you. Well, every- Matt, I can't help that I'm dumb again. I can't. What's my medium question? All right, your medium question. What does Ned promise to do if Homer cuts out swearing, and what does it result in? Ugh. That's in this episode. Yeah, I am. I I have not. It's the B plot. <laughs> I did not remember. I guess I don't remember Bartholomew very much. Um, if he cuts out swearing, I will. I don't know. I don't remember at all. Okay. Uh, he says that he will shave off his mustache. Oh, and then... why did I say it? I, I, uh! Okay. What? Well, finish your thought, Matt. And it, and it results in a, him being cast in a commercial. Oh, okay. I should have, I had the brief thought of like, is it shave off his, I should just say that, I should just, <sighs> okay. You ready for a hard question, Matt? I guess. You may, I don't, see, this is the thing, Matt. You say these are so hard, and then sometimes you just randomly get them in instantly. That hasn't happened in a long time. Mm, it happened literally like, let's see, um, it happened three weeks ago, actually. Um. Your hard question. What are the Santas of many lands that we see? The Christmas pageant. Oh, God. Um, I honestly don't remember any of them. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of remember the Lisa one. It's like... Because it's uh, racist. <laughs> it's super racist. It's like a Nui Nui or something like that. 
It's Tawanga from the South Seas. Is Lisa's Tawanga? That's what it very. Is. It's, I looked at that today. I'm like, oh, oh no, that's not good. Um, the other two are Germany. We have Bruprecht and Bruprecht. and Japan, which is Hatiashi. Or Hoti- all right, or I definitely did not remember those at all. I well, yeah. Um, what's what's my hard question, Matt? I'm sure I'll get it. All right. Your hard question, what yo-yo trick does Bart perform that gets him in trouble in the first place? Um, This is what popped in my head. I'm going to go for it. The loop-de-loop. Ooh, I'm sorry. It's called plucking the pickle. Plucking the pickle? Yes, apparently the Simpsons writers wanted to go for a masturbation joke. <laughs> very mature of them. Andrew! Robbie! How's it going? Do you have trivia questions for us? I do, in fact. Ooh. And the theme for my trivia questions is death. <laughs> oh, dear. Great. Can't have enough of it. We're, we're, we're keeping it cheery here. Uh-huh. Exactly. Why don't you... Who'd, who'd like to go first? I, I, I will go first. We'll reverse from what we were just doing. Okay. Robbie, your easy question. When Lisa brings an incapacitated Bart into Homer and Marge's bedroom, declaring, Mom! Dad! Bart's dead! What is the next line? Uh, I don't know if I can say it exactly. It, he, dead serious about going to Itchy and Scratchy Land? You are correct, sir. <sighs> I'm pretty sure that's word for word. Congratulations, yeah. Robbie. Yeah, I, got, I finally got a gosh darn point. Matt, your easy question. In a star is Burns... What is the only line we hear from, quote, an aging Charles Bronson in his new movie, Death Wish 9? I wish I was dead. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Robbie, mm-hmm? your medium question. Oh. What is the name of the last member of the Flying Hellfish to die, leaving Grandpa and Mr. Burns as the last surviving members? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Come it on, does, Robbie, you got it, this. Matt, Stop it, uh, uh, Horshack. Um, it is, it is, Blank has died. Dang it. It is, oh, I can't have, like, the, I have, like, the general shape of the name, but I don't, I can't get the actual name. I don't know. I can't think, I cannot get it. Matt, do you want to answer? Ace of Phelps. That is correct. Asa. Seventh Hellfish is dead. Asa. <laughs> I couldn't get if I figure if I could remember Asa, I could have gotten the whole thing. I just cannot think of Asa. I kept thinking Ernie. I'm like, there's no Ernie in the Hellfish. Classic rule. No Ernie in the Hellfish. No. Matt, your medium question. What is the name of Grandpa Simpson's climbing partner who died on the murder horn in the episode King of the Hill? Okay. <laughs> I think I've asked him this before. Or you've asked me this before, I think, Matt. Yeah, I've definitely asked you this question before. Oh, man, what is it? Do I need both names or just the last name? I will leave that up to Robbie as your combatant. If I if I literally, if I just answer the last question, Phelps, or just Asa, um, you need a full name, Matt. Dang, because I, I don't even know if they say his first name. I'm pretty sure they do. Because, I mean, Grandpa calls him, just calls him a Callister. He has a, no, I, he has a full first name, right? I think he does. I think they say it. They mention it earlier, and then yeah. they call back to it. I, I have no idea what the first name is. 
So he doesn't, they don't actually say his first name, but it's C.W. McAllister. And you see that on the front of his journal. Oh, his journal. That's right. Okay. Yeah. C.W. So I will, I will leave it up to Robbie what, what getting the last name is worth, if anything. Eh, for a medium question, I don't think it's worth any points. Okay. All right. If well, it was, then we'll if, move on. If it was a hard question, maybe. Mm-hmm. Matt? You right, have then we will you move have, on to... You have more points than me, Matt. It's okay. Okay. You said that you have more points than me so far. And you probably um, have a feeling about this next question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, mm-hmm. your hard question. Yes. Name all the deceased human beings who voted for Sideshow Bob in Sideshow Bob Roberts. Oh, no. Deceased human beings? Yes. <laughs> Not so pets. Pet, pets don't count. Pets don't oh, count. Oh, man, the pets are the easy ones. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> a hard you, question. What can you, I say? Not you too, Snowball. <laughs> um, no, it's personal. No, it's, uh, he did try to kill me, you know. Um, I don't... I... I White flag, waving the white flag, throwing in the towel. I got nothing. <laughs> There's nothing here. This is your. I'm. I've got zero. I don't know. I think I my rage extinguished all my knowledge today. <laughs> oh, I think that explains a lot of modern politics. Oh yeah. no. Oh no. What's the answers, Matt? You know any of them? Uh, well, I'm pretty sure it's Prudence Goodwife, uh, mm-hmm. Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper. That's right. Those are the only ones I know. I know there's at least one more. Oh, Edgar Neubauer, obviously, because that's the one Smithers gives her. There you go. That's all five. Oh, okay. Matt? Hey, well, that's a good segue into your hard question, Matt. Uh-oh. I don't know. Name all of the things that Grandpa Simpson mistakes for the specter of death when trying to comfort Lisa in Round Springfield. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is great. Uh, <laughs> let's see. There's Maggie. There's Maggie again. Um, no, that's the cold, clammy hold, the cold, clammy hand of death on his shoulder. That doesn't count. Um, I got nothing actually. I I don't know these. Robbie, do you know any of them? Are, are you? I don't even remember this happening in this episode. <laughs> you know this, like death stalks you at every corner. Ah, there it is, death. It's only Maggie, Grandpa. I don't, you, you know that bit. I, I remember that scene. I If you ask me point blank what episode it was in, no, I don't I remember. I love that bit. It's one of my favorite bits. That's probably why you like that episode more than I do. <laughs> well, so uh, you're right. He does point to Maggie twice. Uh, he points to the cat. He points off in the distance, arguably at the lamp, but it's it's unclear, so I would have given it to you. And then later in the episode, he points at the bird bath outside the Simpsons house. Yes, the bird bath. That's the one I was trying to remember. <laughs> oh, well. Matt has gained two points on me today. It was very close to being more mm. than that. I was, very, I was very worried about that hard question, Andrew. I was certain Matt was going to get your hard question. Well, I, I tried to stick with the the general theme of things that weren't said out loud necessarily for <laughs> to make it hard for Matt. That's uh-huh. that's what it takes, Matt. You you just break the curve. You're the kid. You're what happens? The, also, you, I happen to get all of your hard all of your questions. So I think I actually hit exactly on the curve correctly because your questions were way too easy. Wait, I think 
Robbie has trouble with lists of names, so I thought that made sense for his hardcore. I have. That's true. That's I, very kind of you, Andrew, because honestly, I have trouble with everything. I don't think that's true, but mm, sometimes you know you just get really lucky, and you got to ride that luck as long as far as you possibly can. Puck luck, it's a thing. There you go. Weird bounces. You got to take them. Uh, that's it for trivia for this week. We still got a ways to go, Matt. We still got like ten episodes. I know. It's a long time. But we can move on to our final segment. Segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is part of the show. Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. I'm scrolling all the way down the bottom of the list. Let's see. Where? Okay, I'll I'll start. I Matt, where would you put this? Straight up. So... You're not wrong, and this episode has a lot of problems, um, but I think it has a core that is halfway decent. So I'm looking in, like, the, the 200s, like the 200 to 210 area. I think it's probably somewhere around Viva Ned Flanders, but because of the terrible first act, probably not quite that good. But I think it's around Simpson Tide. This might be the one that we are the most split on ever. Wow. Are, are you thinking bottom of the list? I was going to offer you as like an olive branch as a, as the compromise uh-huh. and put it like at around Simpsons Bible stories or take my wife's sleaze. But honestly, so you're, you're saying it's not as good as the season one episodes. I know. I thought, wow. I don't think it is. I, I don't know if you could tell how I felt, Matt, during this episode. I, I, I can. I just didn't think it was that bad. Because I think we've made a decent point that the, there is something good about this episode. It's just kind of dragged down by the rest. And quite frankly, looking at those season one episodes, they're not even the good season one episodes. It's like Call of the Simpsons and, you know, Some Enchanted Evening. I mean, I mean those are not good episodes. I I I think... They have charm, and I they are definitely earnest. I don't disagree. I, I think that is clear about the season one episodes. They're very earnest in what they're doing, and that's my main, I, I think, a major complaint in this episode to me is it doesn't feel earnest to me. It feels rushed and fake. Um, So you'd put it at like 205, 206? Is that what you were saying? Honestly, as long as it gets above Sunday, Shreddy Sunday, that's all I really care about. I, I could go all the way down to 209, really. Then that's where I we're just, putting I, it. <laughs> okay, because I Sunday, Shreddy Sunday is terrible. <laughs> I like that that's the spot where you go, no, it's so bad. Sunday, Shreddy Sunday. It has egg magic. No, it does nothing for you? No. I mean, Egg Magic is okay. That's what keeps it from, like, the bottom ten. I would... Eventually, Matt, we will find an episode that you absolutely hate, and I'm kind of ambivalent about. It will One happen. day, maybe. One day. We'll get But I there. have very low standards. <laughs> maybe that's my problem. <laughs> that's true. I you, used... like my wife, have very high standards. I mean, that is why she married you, <laughs> and why I, why I chose you as a podcast host. No, that's 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 the exact opposite. I am the exception that proves the rule. That's not true, Matt. That's not true at all. Mm-hmm. She's a lucky lady. She gets to live with you forever. 
You are far more exciting than a baked potato. <laughs> exactly. I don't know about that. Let's not downplay baked potatoes here. Baked potatoes are pretty awesome. Eh, <laughs> I would call it the weakest form of the potato. Hmm. French fries are any form of fry is better. Well, I put potato salad a notch below, and I like potato salad. Yeah, that's true. I can put potato po- salad while still being good is the worst form of potato. I okay, but is this? Are we judging this potato by itself, or can I like? Is like if I'm eating like potato salad, I can get like Hawaiian rolls with that and eat it with an Hawaiian roll, and that combo. Well, okay. It has to be part of the potato. It has to be mixed with a potato. So with a baked potato, you can add cheese and sour cream and scallions and all that stuff. Uh, with potato salad, it's just got to be the potato Can I salad. just have the bacon and the sour cream and the scallions without the potato? I was going to say, at some point, your Homer is stacking his rice cake with a little <laughs> little something that goes up to his chin. I want some Snickers bars in my mashed potatoes. That's Alone Again, Natcha Diddley. It's uh, number 210 on our list. As low as Matt is willing to put it. If I had my druthers, it'd be probably 223, honestly. 223. Wow. Lower than Make Room for Lisa? Absolutely not. You can find this list on our website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. Links to everything there. Uh, Facebook.com slash thesimpsonshow. Oh, let's see. Facebook, Twitter. I'm losing my personal cassidy. Facebook, Twitter, RSS feed. You can uh, donate to our Patreon. Support us there. We'd obviously appreciate that. Um it true. It helps us buy some nice chamomile tea for Robbie. Uh, Calm him down. You know, it pays for hosting, which that too is the, the costs a lot more when you're hosting 300 plus or near no, 200 plus, getting to 300 episodes. Um, I think that'll do it for us. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Please check out my other podcast, Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books, the serial Fanasis. It's about lots of nerdy things. Most recent episode is about My Hero Academia Season 3. Matt and I are going to be going back to talk about The Two Towers, J.R.R. Token, Lord of the Rings, very soon. Andrew, where, Robbie. Where, where can they find you and where can the fine folks listening to this find you and the things you make and write and do online? They can find me on my website, theandrewblog.net. It's three words, theandrewblog.net. Uh, you can find me on Consequence of Sounds, expanded film and TV section. You can find me on Twitter at the Andrew Blog. And as always, thank you guys very much for having me on the show. It's a ton of, ton of fun, even when I apparently I only serve to angry up the blood, like a good sarsaparilla. It's going to be on your tombstone, like a good sarsaparilla. Uh, it beats some things that might end up on my tombstone. <laughs> um, Matt does not participate. In social media, unless there's a certain level of Patreon back here, you will not find him. Uh, that is true. Uh, however, I have decided that I'm going to convert myself into a being of pure light uh, to help, you know, lose weight. Uh, so if you need me, what you need to do is set up a complicated series of mirrors that will bounce me through several slits so we can use the power of quantum tunneling to you can get the message across. Can you work, can I get that deal too, Matt? Sure, if you want. We'll all just become beings of pure light. I mean, you mentioned the losing weight thing. <laughs> Well, can, can I just say, well, actually, technically, I believe photons do have weight. In, in waveform, you will have no weight. Can I just say that I appreciated your performance in Indiana Jones? <laughs> well, thank you. Killing Nazis is what we appreciate. <laughs> I'm getting kind of punchy. With that, folks, we'll call it a day. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching the Sips Shh. 